Howdy ho, neighborinos. Welcome back to LCC's podcast, Pursuit of Purpose. It's been a couple weeks since we have been able to get together and have some fun, but we're back with a vengeance tonight. I am your supposed host, Nate Luke. I'm joined here tonight with Kevin Stuckey. Sup? All right. And Cody Jewelrit. Back. It's been a while. Back in the saddle again. We missed you, dude. We almost didn't have podcast tonight. Oh, really? Yeah, the electricity was out in Leesburg all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because of the 10 inches of snow that got dumped on us mm. on April 21st. <sighs> White death. White death. Yeah. Crazy, man. Was anybody what, what, hoping so for a are snow you day? On, are you guys on DP&L? Uh, I don't, the here, church? Here? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at my house, yes. Yeah, are you? Yeah. Were you, you guys, guys, did you have power off today? No. Okay. We had our power go out around two o'clock in the morning. Mm. So I don't know. That was weird. But yeah, crazy weather, fellas. Mm-hmm. Craziness. I I honestly like. It's been a long time since I have seen <laughs> snow this late. So we'll stand by. I will tell you. Keep on talking. I'll tell you the last time it snowed. Hey, you Alrighty. said nineteen oh two. I think so. Let me let me on, on like on this particular date on April twenty first. This wow. late. You said this late. Let me check. Hold on. You guys just keep talking. Okay. We should have like a private conversation right here. We should. Right we'll talk about Clash of Clans, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you know perfectly well what I'm talking about. So anyway, um, we'll, we'll let Cody get to that here. Um, first, let's get to some uh, some news. It's been a while since we've done some news. Um, obviously, there have been a lot of things that have happened this week. Um, we've had some uh, pretty pretty big trials that have went on uh, in our country, and I'm sure we're going to get into that here uh, shortly. Um, been a big week for sports. No? No? What? For sports. Is it what we got, like axe throwing or something? Uh, lacrosse, guys. Oh, <laughs> come on. Dude, it's been a big week in lacrosse. There's been a ton of lacrosse games. What is lacrosse? It's like a mix between it's well, it's field hockey. So like it's kind of like field hockey. So it's like hockey. So they, it's they, like like they soccer. Have skates? No, no skates, man. You know, you've never seen lacrosse. Are you serious? I think we should take a poll. How many people that listen to this show? know what lacrosse is i'm just saying you should check it out okay i'll just end it there have you been watching lacrosse uh, i did the other night a little bit yeah esp and the ocho you live a sad existence i do man <laughs> 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 i do in other news i've got the follow-up to the snow okay let's hear it so i was confused this was the most snow that we have received in this area since 1901 on that date. 1901? Yes. Ah. Uh, so the previous record was 1.5 inches held in 1901, and the Cincinnati area received around 2.3. Now, the last time that it snowed on or after April 21st prior to now happened twice, once in 1974 and once in 2005. So this is the third Could time. Could it be 2005 that you It might have been, yeah. Because yeah, I remember I was back in high school or middle school or something. Yeah, you would have been a sophomore because I was yeah. a senior. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was probably the one I was talking about. Uh, I remember that now. 
Huh, wow. Cool. Nice. Learn something every day, fellas. Well, anyway, um, you know, we'll, we'll leave that whole lacrosse thing. Just leave that on the table, guys. Okay. <laughs> Let's just table that for yeah, now. Bring that up later. Look, so you, you asked me to fill time. I filled time. Okay. <laughs> uh, in other news, check this out, guys. A, uh, a, a guy who went to a Catholic school, St. John Fisher Catholic High School in Peterborough, England, uh, ended up returning a book 32 years overdue to the high school. The name of the book, Manners and Making a Difference. <laughs> I find that a little ironic. What was his fees? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it said anything about the fees. Is it a- it is, is oh oh here it is one thousand one hundred and sixty three dollars <laughs> in late <laughs> just keep the book uh now that's dollars i don't know what it would be the british pound oh, so yeah mm. yeah that's always interesting to get that exchange rate talk going um so yeah there's that guys turn your books in that's our public service announcement for the evening good one yeah good everyone you gotta know gotta know um so our topic tonight, um, before we get there, we're going to go over Kevin's sermon here in just a minute, but our, our topic tonight, I'll, I'll give you just a little feeder into it, um, is going to be on social justice and, and what justice is and um, kind of how the Bible views what real justice is. Obviously, this has been a week where um, real justice has been um, up for debate, at least in our country, in certain terms. Um, you know, some people may not feel like uh, justice has been served in certain areas or it has been. So, um, we, we want to kind of talk about that and, and put just kind of a biblical, um, spin on that. And, um, I think it'd be a good relevant issue to, to get into before we get to there, Kevin, um, would you like to kind of give us a synopsis of last Sunday's, um, sermon? Yeah. So we started a new series this week called, uh, living hope and we'll deal with that maybe eight weeks will be the series length, and we're going to deal with a lot of uh, different issues within that coming from the teachings of Paul in the Bible. So a lot of different, a lot of different uh, Pauline epistles like Ephesians, Corinthians, Galatians, those books. Um, but last week we talked about the language of hope and and just the understanding that. First and foremost, hope is not a term that means uncertainty, but rather um, biblical hope is the certainty of a future outcome that we can trust 100%. Uh, and that's the promise of Jesus' return and, and those who are in Christ um, to be you know, given justice and um, for, for that to be brought, for every, every wrong to be brought right. And and so we talked about, you know, what what that means and and especially what it means that that it's a material hope. And that being that all the wrongs that we've had done to us or all the things that we've had to live without not only will be just a consolation but actual actually will be undone, which means all those things that we hoped for that we missed out on, you know, um, where injustice was done in life, you know, will be not only like a pat on the back, sorry for your loss, but like will be undone completely restored. Uh, and that's, that's a hope, you know, for us, you know, for a future. And that's why we can live radically and recklessly with our lives because not recklessly in a, like as a fool, but recklessly in the sense that like we can sacrifice and, and do things that 
maybe we wouldn't do if this life was the only thing we had to live for, but we don't. We have a life coming that's so much better um, and, and, and going to put us in, in, you know, just a healthier place. And, and so we can serve completely with everything that we are now uh, with the hope of that future. And we're going to dive into that more. Like we're going to look at the details of that as we go forward, but that's kind of the, the basics of, of how we started, you know, the series. Awesome. Yeah. Right on, man. Um, all right guys. So, um, we're going to get into today's topic here again. It's, um, I, I kind of, when you, when you brought it up earlier, Cody, I kind of looked at it and, and interpreted it as maybe, um, what social justice looks like compared to biblical justice, mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of what that looks like, how those two are different. Sure. Um, in I feel some like ways, we define some terms too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's actually I'll I'll, I'll kind of look up the the proper definition of each um, as we kind of get into this, but uh, um, but yeah, that I, I think this is a good relevant topic. Obviously, um, just to kind of feed into this, just some background. Uh, yesterday, um, April 20th, was the um, verdict that was handed down on former officer Derek uh, Chauvin from Minneapolis. Um, he was, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, fellas, I didn't get to watch the news a bunch last night, but I believe he was found guilty of all three charges that were uh, reigned against him. Yep. Um, manslaughter, um, and I believe two, or third, third degree murder. Um, so some pretty serious charges uh, reigned against him. Um, and, and obviously I think we can all agree, um, there's some warrant, uh, to a lot of that, obviously. Um, what we saw last year was, uh, it was painful to watch, um, in a lot of ways and obviously extremely painful for the families involved, uh, with that. So, you know, we just kind of want to dive into that, you know, and, and what does the justice that has come from that particular case, um, you know, how does that, uh, you know, kind of intertwined with biblical justice. Um, is it, uh, does it fit the definition of biblical justice as compared to social justice? So, um, yeah, we'll dive right in. And as you guys kind of get us started here, I'll, I'll kind of look up the definitions of those while you guys are feeding into it. So I guess my, you know, where, where I start with like what from, from a police enforcement standpoint, like mm-hmm. what has been, the what's been the I guess the pulse you know if you if you had to put your hand on it like what's what's been the pulse what's how how have people felt about it what's been the the talk like you know from that standpoint I think that it's kind of a reflection of how the country is and I think it's kind of split I mean there's been and it's not from my agency I've just read and different articles listened to um, some interviews and I think that the majority, I don't want to speak for everybody. I think the majority agrees that nine minutes, 29 seconds on his neck or back, what you can argue neck or back, however you want to do that, um, was not a reflection of what policing is, but there's that argument to be made that the elements of the crimes that, um, Derek Chauvin was charged with didn't coincide with what actually took place. That's one aspect Explain. of it. Explain. Well, I mean, it's like his attorney brought up, you know, murder in and of itself, there's got to be some intent. And, and he broke down like the videos where Chauvin was 
talking with the officers and saying, Hey, is he doing this? Or, you know, murder is something that you, you do in a way that whether it's um, premeditated or there's some reckless regard. And so a homicide in that aspect for Ohio would be like, you're driving, you're driving through a mall and you just open fire on people outside the mall. And then you end up shooting somebody. That's a reckless homicide. You didn't have an intent to actually kill a specific person or premeditate this plan to, to kill this individual. Um, so what were the exact charges that maybe like you would say, uh, this is probably pushing it a little bit. I, th- I think the, I can't remember the title of it cause they're, they're slightly different than Ohio, but it was the one that he was going to get. If he was found guilty, he's going to get the most time on it's, um, it was the I think the felony two charge. I think the one that stuck that stuck to, to me because again, if you remember our conversation on the podcast a year ago on this, well, almost a year ago, um, second degree unintentional murder, yes, third degree murder, second degree manslaughter. Yeah, I think the the manslaughter charge fit this because when you look up the elements of that, um, you know his actions, though they wasn't intentional, you know his actions were essentially reckless in regard to the point that as a, as an officer, you know, we have an obligation, obligation. We have a, I was going to say duty and obligation (laughs) at the same same time. Um, we have a obligation. Once we take somebody into custody, they are now at that point from that second on they're in our care. And, at no point did he render any appropriate care to this guy. I mean, he's there's three off. I think it was three or four officers there on scene, and there was an argument during the court that well, you know, there was a bunch of people, a crowd around. They were it was they were becoming violent in their words, and and officers were kind of getting a little bit skeptical. And so, um, what what he did in that moment, and his and his partners. I mean, they're going to be held, you know, at, at the same accountability level just a slightly less uh offense but they could have intervened in that moment and said dude get off of him you know there was ems on scene that you, you see him in the video tell him hey he's a, we got him get off of him they had to tell this officer to get off of him and so as an officer like i said you have that obligation to care for the individual once you take them into custody and so i think that if any charge was appropriate for this man, it would have been that one, the the uh, manslaughter charge. So, what was what the what does the other one signify that that he had a premeditated? It wouldn't be premeditated. No, I, if you, I, I'll, I'll look it up um, later and we can follow up on that. Third, um, third degree murders. Is yeah, that what you're what, insinuating that that one? Yeah, that it's. I can't remember the the wording. They 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 pulled it up. You know, obviously during their closing arguments, and I watched it, and I was just like, I was reading it and. I found it difficult as a person trying to look at it in the eyes of a guy who's not a cop acting like I'm a juror in that moment. And with the evidence, because as a juror, you can't use biased opinions. You have to make a decision. Is on, that, but though with this case, is that even possible with this case? Well, to I find th- someone unbiased. Well, I think, I think there's going to be an appeal in this and I don't want to say that he's going to, have these charges drop or that, yeah, these convictions dropped, but there was a lot of big name people, whether you're talking superstar athletes, politicians, um, that 
we're we're speaking out that are big influence big influencing people to America and and, and the world really. That's what I'm saying. Like this is you know it's a year after this has happened. This is probably one of the biggest you know cases of of police you know uh, brutality or right. whatever you want to call it. Like the 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 that we've that we know of in the last since you know, Rodney King. That's I heard okay. somebody mention that. Okay, and yes, I was that, I would have that, to. Agree. I would say that yes. Yeah. Since Rodney King. Okay, so this is huge. Like everybody knows who Rodney King is. Right. Everybody's going to know for years to come who George Floyd is. Right. Who Derek Chauvin is. Right. Like we're gonna like this is the this is something that's not going away. So how do you find someone who's unbiased in this? I don't think you. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to say it's impossible, but I. You you can only sequester people so much, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, and 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 honestly, again, in Ohio, I I don't know Minnesota, but I'm going to assume that it's pretty similar. I've never seen a a civil case get resolved before a criminal case. Civil cases always have to wait after the fact. The criminal case is done. This civil case against him and the uh, Minnesota or Minneapolis Police Department was resolved prior to any juror being selected. So then as these jurors come in, you know, they just heard if they're following it, they heard, hey, you know, the police department had to pay out millions of dollars to the family for this loss. How could they not, like you said, how could they not have a preconceived notion going in? Yeah. And that's <clears throat> and that, and that, and that's what his his attorney, the defense attorney was arguing like he tried to get that stopped like he's like listen we can't do this this is going to this is going to to essentially manipulate people's minds um, and we're talking about somebody's life now again there was a life lost there and I believe fully it was wrongfully lost um, but on the other side of that there's also another life that essentially is going to be lost uh, in prison for a long time. And I don't think that was the appropriate way, especially with the um, politician the day before the juror jury Maxine came out. Waters, yeah, made the comments she she made where that basically if justice wasn't served, we need to stick to the streets. I mean, she's inciting inciting mm. violence as a politician. Yeah, that's what they went after Trump with the with the whole everything that happened in the Capitol, like, right? Like that's what they went after him because essentially. He didn't. It wasn't that he did. He didn't even make a statement like that. Right. His statement just wasn't. Hey, you need to go home. He right. didn't kick them all out of the Capitol. So and that's why he got in trouble. Well, and then we got our president that was tact, tactful in his, in his quote. He said something about the evidence, and hopefully the jury makes the right decision. And <laughs> and something something. It was. You can you can make the argument that he didn't mean that he hopes Chauvin was found guilty or not guilty because his words were chosen right. He was careful, but there was also that aspect that he's he's came out and said, I've met with the Floyd family. I, I know them very well. And so you can attach that to what he said yesterday. And, you know, it's just kind of there to me. That's the issues in this. Like, let politics stay out. Let let law do its thing. And then let, you know, let the court process work itself through and, and let it be made the right way and not have all these influences from the outside impacting people's minds. Yeah. I mean, because it shouldn't matter who it is. That's the way that we always operate. And um, but there's been so many people that have a lot of say in this that are influences in this in this country that have decided to make this you know a thing that they want to continue to talk about. Do you feel like this was some kind of a blow to law enforcement, or do you think this 
will be seen as a positive thing. I mean, I would I would have to agree with you, like in the sense that I don't, you know, I don't know how there's any way that you find, you know, an like an unbiased jury. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is, if this just drug on forever, and then there is no closure to it, and so the closure of it is somewhat good. Yeah. You know, that 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 part is not a bad thing because justice did need to be served in this. Mm-hmm. Like there was a wrong that needed to be to be paid for. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think everything that surrounded it, the precedent that that sets is I, I mean, I think a little bit scary. Sure. Yeah, I mean, look at Columbus. I mean, just moments before the verdict came out, uh, sadly a 15-year-old girl was shot from an officer in Columbus, and what are the? Did you read any of the yeah, any of the things yeah. on that? Like, what's 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 the situation? I just saw it, but I didn't. So I didn't get to check it out. It was a, it was a disturbance call, and essentially, what a disturbance call is is in and of the word itself a disturbance. Like, there's a disturbance between whether it's two people, twenty people, whatever that is. There was a, a disturbance call. Well, the caller, from what I understood, was the actual female that was shot, and there was a confrontation between her. There was a, a male there. There was another female. Um, but essentially, what's crazy to me is police departments, they went from withholding video because that's the right thing to do because you're not supposed to release you're not supposed to release evidence to the public until the case has been presented. It's you know, but now departments are being forced to just show the public like, hey, listen, don't 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 ruin our streets, don't loot. Because what the officer did was right. Um, but yeah, essentially the officer shows up and they even slowed it down. Columbus PD even slowed it down for the viewers. This 15-year-old girl had this, I don't know, four or five inch knife. looked like a kitchen knife. Um, and she's, officer shows up, gets on scene, sees the girl. And then next thing you know, he's yelling, drop it, drop it, drop it. Telling her to drop the knife. She's going after another female who was a uh, juvenile and she rears the knife back and she's getting ready to stab her. And the cop just pulls his gun out and fires four rounds. And unfortunately she passed away. Um, you know, and that was minutes before the verdict came out of the George Floyd case. And then, then you have people in the streets of Columbus rioting again. Well, and two, if, if you're not, if I don't sit here and read that article and I haven't read the articles, I, it just came up on, on my newsfeed and it said, uh, police shoots what thirteen year old fifteen year old girl. Okay, Nate. that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, again, the, in, in the headlines, the headlines will always bring race into it yeah. because the few headlines that I saw also they they did not white neglect cop to mention. kills black. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden, that's <clears throat> how many times do people just read that part? Yep. And then if you have any emotional connection to that, rightfully so, in some circumstances, then boom, you're 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 popping off on the streets again. Yep. And I think that that's what I'm saying. I think there's a mistake there where we shouldn't be releasing videos, but unfortunately I think we almost have to as agencies because of, we don't want the public to think that we're withholding anything like, Hey, this, what this officer did was right. Like he essentially protected another black female's life. You know, somebody was going to die that day. It was either going to be the officer, the girl getting ready to get stabbed or the girl that had a knife. Unfortunately, as an, as a police officer, that's your duty to protect and serve. It wasn't a race thing at that moment. It was he saw a female getting ready to attack another female with a knife, regardless if they were black, Asian, white, whatever. 
He did his job and he did it well. He gave her verbal commands, split second decision, made the right decision. And unfortunately the result was somebody had to lose her life. And, you know, and, and, and our job as cops aren't to shoot, to kill our jobs are to, in those circumstances are to stop the threat. And sometimes stopping the threat ends up in taking someone's life. Other times you'll, you'll hear of shootouts where the person didn't die, but this, but the threat stopped. And that's the ultimate goal. If, if the cop did the right thing, but in the Floyd's case, he didn't do the right thing. And, um, you know, justice was served for that family and for a few other cases that I, you know, that I fully believe and wholeheartedly believe, um, that were, uh, bad policing, you know, in the last five years. And so I know that there's a lot of people that have been impacted by this and, you know, and, and what I've, the word I kept seeing around, um, there's a lot of people I I follow, like LeBron James and some of these other athletes and superstars, you know, they kept putting accountability was their word, you know, and, and, and that's, and that, and that's what they want. They want accountability for people or police that are doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. And I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, now not every case is that way though. And so like this Columbus incident, hopefully this doesn't turn into anything major again, because once you watch the video, you'll understand. <laughs> but. Do you feel like it's, do you feel like it's changed from a standpoint of, maybe um, tying your hands as, as law enforcement in any way? Do you feel like, you know, I mean, you know, they call for accountability. And I think we all think that that's a good thing. Right. Do you feel like there will be negative that comes from that? I'm sure there's always going to be negative, um, but I can tell you that there's been a lot of positive in the last year. I mean, there's um, just for my agency alone, I can speak on that. Um, we have invested in going into the college where there's a lot of black students at Wilmington College um, and in the high school. And we have been speaking to them. We've been giving them mock traffic stops and showing them like, this is why this is important. If you hear this from this officer, they're not here to cause you harm. It's because they don't know your intentions and you don't really know them, but they have a job to do. So keep your hands here. Don't, you know, it's obvious you're going to be nervous. It's obvious that it's going to be a little scary, a little frightening. Um, but if you do these things and you just, and you know, you listen, regardless if the officer's right or wrong, um, you know, you have, you'll have your day in court and you can argue that in court, there'll be body camera, there'll be video, you know? Um, and so we've, and we've connected in that aspect of it. Um, and in the high school, um, they've been developing a program with that and working with the kids. So I think there's been pluses from this incident that have been long overdue and, um, we're, we're gaining, we're gaining momentum there. Um, I know my agency has also reached out to, uh, a lot of, leaders in the community, um, pastors and professors and people of that sort that are, uh, black individuals. And we've been having meetings with them discussing is- issues that they see they've heard with our policing style. And we're open-minded to the fact that, Hey, you know, we're here to serve you. Like you're not serving us. And so let's come to a grant. So let's, let's have an understanding because education is number one. That's the priority in this. And, uh, what have some of the big takeaways been? Um, well, it's, it's the lack 
of understanding of cultural cultural diversity uh, from our behalf, you know? And I've preached that. Like, hey, man, like, we need to learn this. Like, I, I'm a Southwest country white boy. Like, I grew up in Hillsboro. You know, I, I didn't live in a big city for X amount of years and experience this type of, you know, this type of diversity. And, um, you know, I played football in college. There were, I had a lot of black teammates who I love dearly. They're my friends. And, you know, and, and I was able to understand some things that I, I never was exposed to as, as a kid and a student and, you know, those things. But if it wasn't for that, take another guy or girl who didn't have that opportunity and responses from the, op, the, the culture that's different than theirs might look intimidating to them. So then they get a little bit amped up when they don't need to be. And so I think that that's just one thing that and policing that we really need to focus on and, um, and again, I think we need to get back to serving the public and I don't want to dive too deep into that, but there's some things that I've been pushing with the chief of police when it comes to that aspect. And, you know, obviously there people need to be arrested. People need to be um, cited for whatever at times, but there's also some times where I think we can have positive impacts. And I think that a lot of agencies have got away from that. And I think part of that is because they're becoming so stale from the media putting us on blast like they have been. So what, I mean, if, if you had to say like, here are the extremes, here's the left extreme, here's the right extreme to the, to, to the approach to this subject. What, what are they? And, and why are, why, why would you say people are, are, are going down those paths and, and allowing this to continue to be a really divisive issue. That's a good one. When you say left, are you talking like politically? Yeah. Left? Yeah. So I'm saying liberal. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm specifically talking about agendas. Okay. Like the extreme, not somebody who's a no, Democrat. No, no, no. That's not an extremist. No, 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 no. I'm saying extreme, the extremes of this. And what is the damage of that that can be created from that? And I and I want both sides because I yeah. feel like there's I feel like there's some negatives on both sides. Sure. Well, I mean, I I'm gonna try to answer this and maybe steer me the way that you were maybe thinking. But um, some of the extremes I think that I've seen, and it's not here so far yet. But like I know Minnesota or Minneapolis is now proposing a traffic enforcement group through the police department where they don't carry firearms to help resolve these kind of types of issues with traffic stops and shootings and stuff. I think that's crazy. Like, can you imagine people already flee from the cops knowing it's a cop? If they know that this Mark car is a traffic officer with no gun, they're never going to stop for him. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I think that's an extreme way out there approach. Like, no, that's not going to resolve that. That's not going to resolve what you have issues with. Um, the other aspect, you know, is um, I've seen and heard is police don't need training. People need training. And I, I don't agree with that either. I think that if you're in a profession where you are essentially serving people, you always need to train because people change. Cultural, cultures change. Technology changes. Mindset. I mean, look at how the world's changed in the last 10 years. I mean, so you constantly need training. It's not. And what they're saying is, is like, is. I, I read one thing. It said, did you see Chauvin get up, turn around, put his hands behind his back, and get escorted out of the courtroom? Imagine if 
George Floyd did that? Would we be here right now? It's like, come on, man. Like, really? Are you going to be that far-minded to think that? Like, no. I mean, do George Floyd committed a crime. They had every reason to apprehend him. Every reason to apprehend him. They even had every reason to put him on the ground because he was fighting them prior to try, or trying to get him into the cruiser. Everything they did was right until Chauvin did what he did for nine minutes and 29 seconds. You know, so I think those are two extremes that I've seen recently that's just out there. <laughs> Is that kind of... Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, I mean, you have... I, you know, sadly, you have a lot of people using this to and and creating like to politicize it, to use it to gain, garner favor with certain groups and to be seen in certain ways. And you know, but then you know, I I saw the video. Did you guys seen the Tucker Carlson video where? He's got a sheriff on there, and he's talking about this, and he mm-hmm. just is in complete denial of the mm-hmm. fact that, like, you know, he doesn't even want to talk to this guy, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I, you know, I generally, Chuck, Tucker Carlson, I kind of like some of the things he says, but, like, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, like, I don't see how you, how, how, like you said, that issue of, Cannot like this issue cannot be like something that we say, man, this is wrong. How can we not say that this is wrong? Sure. But then the other side of that is, you know, how can we, you know, not make this more than it is too? Mm-hmm. I know that sounds terrible, but there it there is absolutely a balance that has to be held here. Like there is absolutely a, you know, a place where we need to stop and say, like, we can't take it that far because the precedent that we set for the future in an issue that may not be as cut and dry as this one yeah. could create issues. Like, yeah. you know, if if all the superstars and all the media platforms get together and say, hey, listen, this guy's a bad guy. We want we want him in prison. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if they could do this to Donald Trump, would they do it? <laughs> right. I, I, I would agree. <laughs> that They would. Yeah. I and agree. have tried, you know. Numerous in, times. Numerous times, right? And so, like... Again, what we got to be, I think there we have to be very careful mm-hmm. uh, on, on both sides, on the both extremes, and 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 try to understand. Okay, like what is the best way to move forward? But at the end of the day, you and me and Nate don't get to make that decision right. for anybody else except for ourselves. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, I. So I read another thing where they were talking about um, poli- um, not in custody deaths, but deaths by officers. Um, and then there was a comparison that we never hear of. Like it's over, I think over 250,000 deaths a year due to malpractice of a doctor. Nobody talks about that. And that's a person who's went to, went to college and medical school for how many years? Eight, 10 years. Had resident, yeah, 12 residential, <laughs> all this stuff. I mean, they are the experts in whatever they're doing more, more training than I've ever received. And they're, Essentially, I mean, they're not murdering people, but they're, people are dying at the, their hands, and nobody's questioning that. Nobody's raising riots. Nobody's, you know, raising a fit about this. 250,000 people a year, you know. And so I bet if you did, the like, you divided, like, races, it would surpass any killings that cops ever done, right? And so well, I— Well, it's the same thing with the fear of, like, flying versus driving your car. Right. 
Like so many more people die in car accidents than have ever died in in plane, and right. and the statistics are staggering. You are so much safer on a plane, but there is still like when if that, there's when that a plane, plane hits a drop, yes, though. yeah, you're like, Ooh. yeah, if, yeah. If that, but if you have a plane crash, you know, in some third world country from some rinky dink airline. Like the whole world is up in arms and Boeing's back in the news and you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Yep. No, the the article that I read that on was in reference to um the female officer who served her department very well for over twenty years. She was a field training officer. In the in that moment she was training a newly hired officer and where she they had that one individual who was not complying, they were trying to put his hands behind his back. He had a warrant, rightfully, they have a right to detain him and, and confirm that warrant and then eventually take him to jail. And she made a mistake. I mean, she essentially went from a taser to a handgun, thought she had a taser. You hear her say taser, telling this guy, like, you're about to get tased. And then she gave him the verbal that they tell us that we should give, like, taser, taser, taser. And then when she did, she pulled the trigger and it ended up being a gun. And unfortunately, that guy lost his life, you know, and, and again, he was a black male and this happened just last week, but she served her department very well for 20 plus years. And now she's going to be hung out to dry off of a mistake. And that's what I was referencing with, with, with doctors. They make mistakes. It happens. We're humans. We're humans doing, we're humans doing a job to serve other humans. It's going to be inevitable that you're going to make mistakes. Um, and 250,000 plus deaths a year, nobody questions that. But since it's police, we're going to question it. And I don't understand why. I don't know if it's just because we have control of people's liberties at times. Doctors really don't. I mean, I guess they could put you in a pink slip in a mental, mental house or something. Outside of that, like, you don't have to go to your doctor's visit, right? Um, it's just, it, it, it really is amazing to me that nobody questions that or questions education that you see all these teachers. Wouldn't you say one too is voluntary from a standpoint of like a you know if i'm if i'm having a procedure that's my choice to go in right. and, and put myself at risk versus yeah. if i'm speeding and you pull me over but again, that's your but that's your choice i did choose it but and if you, i had to choose you pulling me over or not yeah. <laughs> that would be a big no <laughs> well unfortunately i mean like people choose to steal people choose to have Counterfeit money. People right. choose to do whatever they want to do to com- commit a crime. I'm going to tell you that 99.999% of the time, officers aren't going out just to go look to mess around with somebody. Right. I mean, I, I promise you they're not. I, I don't, I personally don't know. Now, I know there has been some. Uh, I don't personally know any, but officers don't show up at your house or show up on the street where you're standing just because they want to mess with you. It's, there's a reason somebody called. We have to respond. That's part of our obligation. If we don't, it's called neglected neglected duty. Then we get charged criminally for that. Um, so it's you know the person's choice and what they do. Now nobody questions that, and it, it's it's really shocking to me. But I shouldn't be shocked because again, like I said, it like you kind of were talking about when you're talking about somebody's liberty and freedom, and then here comes this guy with his badge and a gun. It's kind of intimidating, and doctor doesn't carry that. So that's there. And then a doctor can't put you in court, which could potentially put you in prison. We can, you know, so there's, I think those are the differences. Well, too. And I think, you know, from a police standpoint, the police force has been militarized, you know, look at the gear you're wearing now, look at the weapons that you're carrying now, you know, 
Look at the, you know, look at, look at, I mean, your cars, you get inside those cars. Even sitting in a, in a cruiser is intimidating to even look inside sure. with all the gadgets, the bars, you know, separating for the, for, you know, for the people that you're holding. And I mean, it, it's been militarized, militarized. And because it has, there is a, um, there is a, a, a way that people are going to look at that. Right. I mean, even me, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I know you. You're my friend. Sure. But if I see a police officer, you know, <laughs> I mean, it is. It's intimidating. It's scary, yeah. you know. It, and and again, it's it's become that way because culturally and in our society, it's had to become that way because crimes continue to get more violent. Mm-hmm. You know, drugs are rampant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the things that people do when they're, you know, in in different various mental states have become much worse we're being exposed more to these things you know more people are 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 doing these these things and so you know it it's the the evolution of this is is i mean seems like it had to happen like it was going to happen you know what i'm saying right. but that doesn't change the fact that there is a perception from one to the other you know when you think of a doctor you think of a guy who's trying to help me when you think of a police officer you think of somebody who's going to get me I right mean, i don't care who you are sure I mean, that's 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 the perception sure yeah absolutely so all right definitions you said you were gonna come up with some definitions for us yeah sure so basic social justice definition this was this one was easy to find um Social justice is justice in terms of the distribution of wealth, opportunity, and privilege within a society. So that's social justice. Wealth, what? Wealth, opportunity, privilege within a society. Biblical so justice. When we talk about social justice, like, what's the, I mean, as we talk about that, like, so give me the, why, why this? Why bring social justice up with this topic? Well, because I mean, I I think we we've, we've pretty much said it. I mean, Black Americans, um, really any American of color, feels like they are not privileged um, in wealth as much as maybe their white counterparts. Um, they're not privileged in opportunity, so mm-hmm. they feel like there is a a big need for something like social justice to uh, be enacted a little bit more in terms of. Um, in terms of the government, in terms of law. Um, and, and in a lot of cases, they, they make a good point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's all I got on that. So that's so this is part of what's coming from the George Floyd stuff is a push for social justice? Yeah, I mean, it's like a, a summary of what I thought of for social justice, kind of like what Nate said, is equal rights equal opportunity and equal treatment. And I think that's what they're asking for. They're just, they, they want equal rights, equal opportunity and to be treated just like everybody else. Or like Nate said, their counter white parts. I think that's essentially what they're asking for. That's, that's the message they're sending. And so, yeah. So what are, I mean, is that, I mean, from your standpoint, is that something that you would say, yes, let's, let's see this through. Or is that something you say like, you know, this is a bit extreme for what they're asking for, you know, in this, you know, I guess, in regard to this. 
I, I you can answer too, Nate. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Well, I, I mean, we've kind of mentioned it before um, in numerous ways. You know, I don't want to sound like a like a like a jerk here, um, but we've said it on this show. You know, some people we feel like are being made martyrs of when they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, we we mentioned on the show before that. Um, you know, George Floyd was, um, had a, had a criminal past, probably not, um, the, the choice of what you should see as a, uh, a social justice champion. Now, now don't get me wrong. Like he, he wanted nothing to do with that. Like George Floyd didn't want to be right. that guy. Yeah. Like he didn't want to be killed that day. Even though Pelosi came on air yesterday and said, thank yeah. you for your sacrifice. Yeah, I know. Like Mind he didn't, blown. he didn't want to do that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> That when I heard that I was I was a little astounded too. But like but I mean and again I don't wanna I don't wanna sound like a jerk here. Um but there's gotta be I feel like some other ways to do this. I, I feel like to achieve social justice our culture has has gone directly to let's find a martyr and use that as the thing that propels us to social justice. But don't you think like that's become the mo of the media like i mean if Absolutely. you don't have something someone to fight then what like then what are you going to do mm-hmm. you're just going to go back to reporting the news no we've seen a revolutionary change and maybe that's not the right word you know because it it almost connotes like this idea that it's a positive thing like but we've seen this change from the most important thing you could do as a news agency is report the facts and allow, you know, people to determine, mm-hmm. you know, how, how they view that. But you're reporting the facts, right? I, I, I always love watching Fox News and CNN kind of go back and forth yeah. after big events like this, you know, after the, uh, the Capitol attack or Capitol insurgency or capital um visit whatever whatever the news media <laughs> coined it as right whichever <laughs> media outlet <laughs> coined it as i always like going back and forth and seeing how both sides coin it um something like this it it's kind of amazing really um so i, I think that's something we all got to be careful of especially as christians like not to get too involved with one social or one media outlet um especially ones who coin things in very convenient ways to fit in a narrative that's going to sell more newspapers or sell more. Well, don't you feel like, things. yeah, I mean, that's been the change though. It's become I mean, it, a tabloid. It, look, look, if we did, they're competing on cable for, they for are. business. Yeah. Now. And, I mean, and, and if media outlets didn't have stories like this to go to, um, what would they be reporting? Well, they'd be reporting that some dude had a book 32 years ago that he just <laughs> like, that's the stuff they would be reporting, which I wish they would do that. Cause that's awesome. But like that without these types of stories and without the way that they coin them and, and kind of twist the words in a lot of ways on both sides, mm-hmm. they're not selling man. Yeah. Yeah. I, there has been a huge shift in that, that I feel like has, you know, created some of the problems that we're seeing today because the influence that they have over so many individuals about how they tell a story is it's it's well, huge yeah it's amazing because like w- just through my view of going back and forth between something like Fox News and CNN and even NBC ABC some of the the more 
supposedly centered outlets. Um, you know, I find myself watching Fox News, and I'm like, yeah, Tucker, Tucker, you made a great point about that, man. <laughs> and then I'll flip over to CNN. Yeah, uh, Don Lemon, you made a great point about that too, man. Like, like it's it's amazing how they can play with your mind oh, on issues like this, absolutely. especially social justice issues. Yep. So, well, and then you can tie back in the idea that social media platforms have created algorithms to feed you what mm -hmm. they know you're going to like and what you're going to pay attention to. And yeah. so, you know, again, the divide that we're seeing is not the fact that I think we're so far apart on what is right and wrong. And the reason sure. I say that is because you talk about biblical justice. It's, you know, God says in the book of Romans, at the first chapter, he says, these things are written on your heart. You know the difference between right and wrong because it's been written on your heart from the beginning. You were created with this built in, okay, to you, to what you know is right and wrong. So I don't think it's that human beings have, you know, uh, are far off on what we think. You know, yes, they, they get, our, our thoughts get skewed on that. What I think, though, then plays into that is the tickling of the ear that comes from our media to get us to go down a certain road you know, or path that's going to lead to a much more radical view on these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if you have a conversation face-to-face -face with someone, it's hard to sit there and tell them, no, you're a piece of crap, this is what I think. You know, it's it's so much harder to have a face-to-face -face conversation than it is through, via social media, you know, via, you know, these... <laughs> these um, these chat rooms that are being created from, you know, these posts that are being made by our, you know, by our media and, and different things like that. It's, it's easier to just be radical and say crazy stuff, you know, there than it is if you're having a face-to-face -face conversation with someone. Right. So I'm going to throw a question out at you. Um, I mean, you, you, Kevin, me, Nate, you, Cody, I mean, we've all grown up in pretty decent homes, mm -hmm. you know, and we've grown up in the church right. to at least some extent, right? Um, you know, what kind of factor does that play into our thoughts on something like social justice? I mean, I mean I'm going to throw this, this term out at you, white privilege. Like, is that, is that a factor in our lives? Like, I mean, I know some people throw it out, um, throw it out as soon as they hear it, but some people take it in and really kind of contemplate on it. Say, yeah, maybe I was privileged. You know, maybe, maybe these people who are taking the streets, maybe they do have a point. You know, I mean, what do you guys think on something like that? I mean, do you think our our growing up in the church or our faith has constructed our views on something like that? Uh, yes, but but I think that it's unfair to take that to its extreme. Sure, and this is what I mean. If if I have grown up in an environment that absolutely shapes and forms um, who I am and creates health in my life that may not be there for other people, okay? But if I have the heart of God and if I, you know, follow the ways of, of Christ and if I apply what I know as a human being I should do because God has instructed me to live a certain way, then I absolutely can have sympathy for and understand these issues and why they are unjust. 
I absolutely still have a right to speak into that, I guess is what I'm saying, because the second that we go down that path and say, because of this privilege, mm-hmm. I don't know, then you cut your legs out from under you and you have no voice in this, which is absolute crap, okay? Because I could say this, yes, I may not have lived in the inner cities of, of New York or Chicago or Minneapolis or wherever, but I've been to India, you know, people in, in those places have no idea, you know, what suffering is, yeah. have no idea what injustice is. Mm. Like, I, and so I you can, can sit here I and say this, that too, right. Man. You could sit here and say this, that, that, you know, that this is bad and I'm not, and I'm not taking, I, I, I have no, you know, I have no problem saying, yes, you're right. Like these things are not right, but like you haven't been here either. Like, and so like, let's not, let's like pretend that, you know, that, that this is an issue that, that we just can't even have a voice and we just need to keep our mouths shut about because that's that's where the problem becomes. Okay, so so if I have lived in a really healthy environment, then I would say somebody in 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 that healthy environment, if they are speaking, you know, from a from a context of a a biblical background and and with, you know, um you know, with with a clear understanding of what God does, then I, I feel like I could have more sympathy for that person than people even involved in it. You know, who become hardened to that, and maybe a healthier one because I've I have a, a healthier situation that I'm growing up in. You know, a better perception of that in some ways, and so I think yeah. it's a coming together, not a like splitting and dividing apart and saying, well, because you've not, you can't speak into this. No, you know. You know, we've talked about loss on this podcast. We've talked about pain. And when when I, you know, Paige posted a song that Cody Center like mm-hmm. just recently, you know, uh, a song that reminds them of the pain that they went through when they when Lincoln passed away their son. And, you know, I like I didn't spend, you know, the time that they had with their son. You know, I, I knew him, but I knew them and mm. my, I hurt, I have real pain. You know, I remember he, like, like a year after the event, they, they did a, Cody did an interview with, with, um, Chris Thomas. Well, Chris, it's now Chris, she's got married. Um, I'm going to butcher it. It's Chris. Okay. Coffee with Chris. Coffee with Chris. <laughs> and I, 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 I laid in my living room for hours just crying and crying you know what i'm saying like so so i there is a there is a sympathy and a understanding and a love that i think that we need to have and i think it again this is where i really come up against like a lot of this stuff because i feel like it's it it's trying to create division when there needs to be a coming together you know and 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 an understanding like the the conservatives have very good points that need to be considered mm-hmm. and these people that you know, our our liberal maybe are in their in their bent. You know, who who want social justice. You know, and and are are leaning towards this this stuff. You know, they have really good points that need to be considered. But if it's a no, we're right and you're wrong, then nothing good will come from this. Right. It can't. I, yeah, I've got this article, and I. It, kind of goes in with what you're saying um, the author puts in here. And she was talking about the difference between social justice and biblical justice. And um, she 
she mentioned how social justice is very vague in and of itself. Um, essentially, she said it's promoting a just society by challenging injustice and valuing diversity. And she said that sounds good, but in contrast to social justice, which focuses on temporary views of addressing injustices in society, biblical justice starts with the internal in mind. It starts by seeing people as God sees them, recognizing that we are all created in the image of God, and it is incumbent upon Christ's followers to pursue physical and spiritual freedom for the oppressed so that others can also become what God created them to be. If we have experienced freedom, how can we not pursue freedom on the behalf of others? Absolutely. I love that. Take it a step further, though, okay? Like, here's where social justice fails. Social justice would say, from what we see in that definition, social justice would say that the most important thing is human life. Mm-hmm. That's the most valuable thing. Yeah. Biblical justice says, no, 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 no. It's eternal. <laughs> yeah. Human life is not the most important thing. Yeah. You know what the most important thing is? Honoring God. Yeah. Loving God. Like bringing glory to God. Okay. And so if that's the case, then then, then human life is secondary to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then even further, biblical justice says that governments and authorities have the right to take the lives of individuals if they X, whatever it is. Right. If they murder, okay, then they can be killed for that. And so it says, in biblical justice says that that human value is not more important than the laws of the land, the authorities in place. Again, I, I think from a social justice standpoint, and the platform they stand on, they cannot say those things. Sure. And that's why you're seeing things like defund the police. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're seeing things like, hey, send, send these cops around without guns. And that's why you're seeing some of these things that, like, they hope work, right? Well, I mean, what, 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 was, what, what town was it that, um, like, they walled off part of, was it? Seattle, Min- wasn't it? Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. They yeah. walled off part of the, a failed experiment here, okay? Right. That happens when you're going after social justice. But what does it create? It creates way more problems. Pure you know what I'm chaos. saying? Yes, it's it's absolute chaos. Yeah. You know, there is order. Sure. Law enforcement provides order. Mm-hmm. God says in Genesis, like, we need order, mm-hmm. okay? So there is an order that has to be held. There is an accountability with that. And this is not, I know, a popular opinion. But, like, I think, I think if you go into a law enforcement position, this is not going to sound good. People are not going to like me for this. I, I think the number one um, goal of an officer should not be to go home to his family at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds horrible, but, you know... When you sign the line and say, this is what I want to do, this is how I want to serve, it's, it's like you said, protect and serve. Mm-hmm. And, and I know what that means for myself in the mm-hmm. position that I have. And I know that like, when I go to India, you know, representing that, like, that I'm risking certain things about my life if, if something were to happen or I were to get caught there. Mm-hmm. You know, 
uh, when we were in Cuba the same way. If we would have got caught in Cuba, like it could have been very bad, right? So I know that going in. I sign up and I say, this. listen, I know the risk and I'm willing to make take that risk. I, I believe in law enforcement like they're like, like that's the same. Mm. Now I'm not. I'm sure there will be a lot of people that disagree with me in this, and and okay, but I think again, what what is what is what is the number one value? It's not my life. Sure. Okay. I mean, if if we are Christians, if we're if we are God serving, loving people, then you know the the greater glory is to glorify God at the expense of my life in mm-hmm. serving and loving others. And and I think there are situations where there are choices to be made, you know, and that choice isn't like me or them. Sometimes it's like, okay, like if I'm going to do this to the best of my ability, it's going to be me. I got to jump on the grenade or right. whatever. That's a really hard thing to say. Yeah, oh yeah, no. And it's a really hard thing to hear, mm-hmm. I think. And I think it's very unpopular, yeah. you know, because I don't think it's, I don't think, I don't think that is the mindset always. No, I mean, but I feel like if we are, I feel like if if there is a God focused perspective to have about this, it is. Hey, listen, like you know, I I will risk it all, you mm-hmm. know, to serve and to love Him, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. I don't know. What are I your mean, thoughts? I I I've kind of had that. I'm not going to say that same thought as a teacher, but. I've contemplated to myself many times, you know, these kids that are under me for this amount of time during the day, like, what if, what if there's an active shooter in the building? What would I do to protect them? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm Kevin, I'm right there with you, man. I, and Cody, you too. Like I, I would like to think that since we are followers of Christ, Mm -hmm. the standard is above just simply going back to my comfortable home at night. If we're called to act and to protect and to, to truly serve, like I would like, I would love, 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 love to think that in that moment, I would remember my calling from God and that's to ultimately protect and serve fellow man. Yeah. I mean, that's from day one, um, from the Academy and on, I mean, that's one of the things they preach is go home at night and watch your six or watch your back, you know, protect your partner, watch your back, go home at night, you know, and another common phrase is I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. They're, they're saying I'd rather make this decision in a split second and be judged by 12 jurors than have somebody carry me in a casket by six people. Um, but you're right. Like that's, I've never really thought of it like that. And, and, and you're absolutely right in that aspect. Um, you know, if, 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 if my, purpose as a law enforcement officer is to protect and serve at the expense of my life. Um, I feel like that would be the right way to be as a Christian being a cop. You know, I've never really put it in that perspective. Um, yeah. And well, again, I don't think you can call, you know, you can't call someone who, who, who that is not, they don't pair those two. If they don't pair that two, those two, then life becomes much more important. Okay. Yeah. But again, if we're talking about like eternal hope, like we like the series, the living hope, if we're talking about that, if we're talking about like this is not the end, then it gives us the freedom to live more radically. The story that I used like this week and the story I'm going to use again this coming week is the one of Christians when there were great pandemics that swept the world, like the Black Plague and 
you know, you have people going into homes when mm-hmm. other people are, are running out of the cities to save their lives. Christians are going into homes and risking their lives and dying, mm-hmm. you know, because their hope is not in this world and what this world can give them, but in a future glory that comes, you know, when Christ returns and, and restores and renews. And so, you know, from a secular standpoint, you can't ask a cop to do that. But from a Christian standpoint, from a biblical standpoint, if we're talking about biblical justice, right? it looks much different. Yeah, I, th- I think that people don't really, if if you're, you know, talking about justice and biblical justice, they don't really care what you know. They just want to know that you care. And um, I think there's no greater um, image of showing that you care than to lay your life down for somebody, you know? Yeah. And I think that as if we're looking at the biblical um, justice, um, you know, and the ultimate goal is to, like you said, bring people to God, live a life that's for him to show to other people, um, you know, I, we have to reach out. We have to care and show that. And so, yeah, that just popped up. I think, too, I mean, what would Jesus do, <laughs> you know? He says, well, "I would tell you, oops, Sorry, good. <laughs> no, go ahead. I, I was going to say I would tell you that he wouldn't. He wouldn't go to the government and say, "Hey, let's raise taxes. Let's give free handouts. Let's do this. Let's do that." He would be right there in the mess with it. You know, yeah. he, he wouldn't be trying to take care of the oppressed. Take you know, in that aspect of it through a government. You know, I've never. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Jesus never went to the government and said, "Hey, give these people free handouts." No, he said, "Okay." He let- did not seek social reform. No. no. Yeah. No, it was he, a different kind of reform. Right. right. He's saying, "Hey, listen, give to Caesar was Caesar's. Mm-hmm. Okay, like o- obey the laws, conform to those things, regardless if it's a totalitarian government or a democratic government. I don't care. Like you, you abide by the laws. You abide the authorities. If if a if a Officer comes to you and says, carry my cloak. You carry it, not just mm. one mile, which was required at the time. That was law at the time. Mm. You carry his his equipment, whatever, as long, you know, for a mile, but you do it two miles. Mm. You, you go above and beyond. You know, that it okay, but then the 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 real hope and 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 where that service comes is 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 what are you doing in individuals' lives? Mm. You know? And we get so caught up in all these issues that, you know, it it really takes away from what we're doing, you know. It's such a simplistic concept. We try to just over overanalyze and try to overdo. Yeah, I think, you know, you want to be a part of, like, real change. What are you going to do tonight when you go home? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to do tomorrow when you're at work? Like, how are you going to show the love of Christ mm-hmm. in your life? You have an opportunity to do that in every conversation at the expense of yourself, okay? Yeah. We we look at, like, risking your life and think, oh, what a glorious thing, okay? You know what's real glory? All the things that we do that nobody ever sees where we swallow our pride and love somebody instead of being venomous, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or hateful, mm-hmm. you know? No reform is going to fix this. Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that's going to fix this. Can I close this with something I found in this article? A quick verse from Micah. Oh, I thought it'd be James. Nope. It was Micah this time, but it was only because I read it here. Wasn't that the name of the escape monkey or something that you're talking about? You're thinking something else. We'll talk about it after. Yeah, yeah. 
Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Seek justice, love mercy, but don't forget to walk humbly with God. Mm. Oh, absolutely. It's on that paper. My little article I printed off. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. We might be reading the same one. Who knows? I think that perfectly sums up what we've been talking about absolutely. for the past hour. Absolutely. Seek it, love people, but don't forget to walk humbly with God. All right, fellas. Good stuff. Um, Kevin, do you want to close this in prayer? Or would you like me to? Sure. Okay. By God, uh, we don't have all the answers, uh, but you do. And so we just continue to seek you in this. We pray for your wisdom in understanding these issues. We pray for um, just uh, the, uh, the ability to see where you want to use us and how you want to use us and um, just a heart, just your heart for your people. Um, God, we can't fully understand uh, some of the issues that are brought up because of the things that are happening in this nation, in this world. We can't fully understand because we've not lived it. But God, with your heart and with your mind, uh, we can have sympathy and an understanding and a love uh, and a care and a humility and a vulnerability to to have the conversations that need to be have and uh, to love those individuals and, and support and care for those individuals that, that are suffering, God. And so I pray that, that you do, um, that you give us a heart, uh, that you give us your heart, um, Lord, and that we will love and serve, uh, that we'll be humble in that, um, and, and that you will be the focus, that bringing glory to your name will be uh, what we go after first and foremost. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good stuff, fellas. We'll uh, get back at it next week. Hopefully Nelson will be back. I miss oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah. Nelson, uh, congratulate him if you see him. He and his wife Taylor had a baby past week. So Yeah. Probably won't see him, though. Maybe not. They're hibernating. Yeah. I don't blame him with how cold it is. So. <laughs> he, he did text me yesterday. He said he ate my wife's uh, dessert, and he said he was going to bring it to the podcast. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. He said he's going to have a podcast nice. belly. That would have been nice. Maybe some other time. All right, fellas. Um, it's been good. For, uh, for Kevin Stuckey and Cody Jeweler, I'm Nate Luke. Thanks for joining us tonight in Pursuit of Purpose. We'll see you next week. See you. Bye. Bye.